Welcome to Sacred Leaders. I am Sigurd Tassis, leadership and embodiment coach, author, speaker, and modern medicine woman. And you found the podcast where conscious leaders discuss and explore topics around aligned entrepreneurship, ancient wisdom and spirituality, personal development, and success strategies to help you bring more depth and embodiment to your leadership and create the life and impact of your dreams. Today's guest specializes in human design and is showing the world a new way of work, a new path towards success, and a new perspective on living based on who you truly are. I have been following her work for a little while and found her teachings really potent, really digestible, really easy to understand, which is why I am so excited to be sharing this conversation with you and why I invited her into the podcast. Erin Claire Jones uses human design to help thousands of individuals and companies step into their work and their lives as their truest selves and into their highest potential. Her work as a guide, coach, and speaker has attracted a growing community of over 60,000 people who turn to her for teachings, practical tools, digestible tips, and deeper self-knowledge they can access to live with greater ease and authenticity every single day. With her work being featured in Forbes, Mind Body Green, Well and Good, and Nylon, and her words being shared on over 80 podcasts and conversations with crowds of hundreds around the world, Erin's insights are highly sought after because they make human design pragmatic, tangible, accessible, and immediately applicable to everyday life. So in this episode, we delve, of course, into everything human design related, both beginner level and deep dive style. We unpack what human design really is, where it comes from and how it works, as well as the different types of human design first. And then we go deeper into understanding how you can best thrive as a leader and entrepreneur based on your human design type. We explore the different main characteristics and superpowers that each type has and how that relates to productivity, workflow, ways of creating, executing and leading, people that you may want to bring into your team, ways that are going to work best for you in doing things, all of the things. And then we also dive into some really powerful tips to know how to best relate to your romantic partner based on their human design and how to know your needs in a relationship better too. This was a really potent, deeply insightful, super interesting conversation, you guys. I was literally taking notes while on the podcast. I absolutely loved it and I trust that this will offer great value to you as well in your life, relationships, business, leadership, all of the things. Erin also shares with us a little surprise gift at the very end of the episode, so I encourage you to listen until the very end. And this is one of these episodes where I really encourage you 
to take notes, to take the time, to really take the information in because it is extremely helpful. I am super excited to be sharing this with you. Keep on listening as we dive right into it. Erin, thank you so much for making the time to be here at Sacred Leaders. I'm super excited to speak to you today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So let's let's dive right into this. I I wanted to bring you into the show to really dive deep into the conversation of human design and specifically how this affects and impacts us as leaders and us entrepreneurs. And I have known of human design for a few years and have known what my human design is. Haven't really gone into getting a full proper reading. Maybe that's something I need to do with you after this <laughs> podcast. Um, but what I found super interesting just a couple of years ago, I found out that depending on our human design type, we behave and almost like we have different superpowers when it applies to leadership and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a conversation with one of my best friends last year where she was comparing herself and her way of achieving results and her way of going about things in her career as an entrepreneur to other people. And I remember saying to her, I just don't feel like that's your way. I just don't feel like that is going to work for you. And for her birthday, I gifted her a session before I knew about you, before I knew about your work. I gifted her a session with someone that helped her understand her superpowers as a projector. She's a projector and um, how this applies to entrepreneurship. So this is why I'm so excited to dive into this conversation, Mm. because I know that a lot of people think that if you figure out the perfect business strategy and the perfect marketing strategy, then that's it. And what I have found as a facilitator and as a coach is that I have had to learn a lot about human design in order to understand my clients that aren't the same human design type as I am. Yeah. So it's a super interesting conversation, but to start, can you tell us more about what human design is? Where does it come from and how does it work? Yes. So human design is a system based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. And the idea is that it really gives you your energetic blueprint. And so what I mean by that is helping you understand how you're uniquely wired to build a business, make decisions, collaborate with other people, partner with other people, parent, you know, be a child, all the things. And it really just helps us understand how we're kind of designed to operate at our best. Um, And just for context, there are about kind of 2 billion different configurations. So everybody is incredibly unique. And I think more than anything, Um, it really just gives us kind of like both the self-knowledge and the tools to really kind of step and step into and own our uniqueness. And I think not only understanding ourselves on the individual level, but when we can understand the people that we work with, the people that we partner with, the people that we, I mean, the kids that we parent, like it really helps us appreciate how different people are. Like I know we'll probably go into the different types, but I would just say like, you know, right off the bat, for example, with you, like, you know, if you expected everyone around you to keep up with you, you'll probably be really disappointed, you know, because like you've got such (laughs) tremendous energy, but like other people are going to bring really different things to the table. Um, So it really just kind of helps us understand our uniqueness. Were you asking also where it came from? Yes. Where does it come from and, and how can people work with that? I feel like you've answered some of them, but I would love to know where does it come from? Yeah. So human design has been around since 1987 and it was a totally channeled system, meaning that 
the founder, Ra Uhuru, who he was in Ibiza at the time. And he was basically walking home one night and he heard a voice. And the voice was like, it's time to work. And so basically for eight days and eight nights, he channeled the system, meaning he just like received all this information. Um, and then he spent the next 20 years building it, building it out. And I think, you know, because I work with a lot of teams and a lot of skeptics, I think that I always like have to remind people that while the origins are very cosmic and like really amazing, I think also it's not a belief system. It's not a thing that you've got to like convince yourself of. I think it's a tool that we can use to find more flow in our lives. Um, and I think my encouragement for people is not around whether it's true, but whether or not it's useful. Um, and in terms of how mm-hmm. we can use it in our lives, like I think why I fell in love with human design was because of how actionable it is, you know? So I think that it helps us understand how can we best use our energy, you know, whether that's guiding people, whether that's being a doer, whether that's kind of like reflecting things back and offering a perspective and also like, how are we meant to make decisions and how are we meant to build teams around us and collaborate with people on all the things. So I think it really just helps us understand our unique wiring so that we can do things in a way that works for us and not do things based on like how other people are doing it. Like, you know, if you mention your projector friend, like if your projector friend is like trying to walk a similar path to business as you, it could be really challenging. Yes. You know, but if she's like, oh my God, I do it differently. This is like my map. Then I think it's really empowering. So I think it reminds us that we each have a totally different and, you know, equally powerful way of finding satisfaction and success in our lives. Yes, I love that. And I would love to hear more. I know that you say that there's so many different (laughs) combination types. So probably going into knowing just your type of human design wouldn't be enough. It could just be a quite surface understanding, I imagine in saying that I would love to hear more about the different types of human design and just on a general basis, how can we differentiate them? Yeah. So there are five different types high level. And I would actually say that while there is so much information in human design and it actually is like a little bit endless, the surface information is the most impactful. So like if you walk away and you're like, I'm a projector, I'm going to work with that. That's perfect. You know, I think that's actually a far better approach than like, I'm going to learn all the details and like, because I think that gets us really in our heads. So like, I would just start with the pieces that make sense and keep integrating more information with time. I think human design is meant to be a system that is embodied and not like remembered, you know? So just trusting it, like the surface piece, like I would never discount the value of that, but yeah. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I just stopped hearing you for like, as soon as you started to answer this question. So if you can answer from this side again, thank you. Yeah, of course. So what I was saying... um, is, you know, the most basic information in human design is often the most useful. So if you want to just start with your like type and your authority and your strategy, that's perfect. You know, that's, that's a beautiful place to start. If you feel inspired to go deeper hundred percent, but like, you know, I think that it's taking one piece at a time is a powerful approach. So I, I would release the pressure to like learn all the details because that could get you more in your head and more focus on like, what are the pieces that I want to experiment with and embody first and then integrate more when you desire? So just knowing the type is great. So in human design, there are five different types. So manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. And you wanted to hear a little bit about each type? I would love to. <laughs> so manifesting generators and generators are basically the types that really have the energy and the life force to kind of build and create and make things happen. These are people that are meant to kind of wake up in the morning with a full tank of energy to use up their energy in super satisfying ways and then kind of crash and wake up recharge. If they haven't kind of fully exhausted their tank at the end of the day, they might go to bed exhausted or feel like super restless because they haven't kind of used up all their energy. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a manifesting generator or a generator, there's a lot of lessons to learn around boundaries because you've got such amazing vitality and energy and life force. People can really want to take advantage of it. And not in like a malicious mm-hmm. way. They might just be like, can you do this? Can you handle this? And so, so much of the lesson is really about kind of tuning into your gut to know what you're really available for and knowing that when you're really kind of excited and lit up by something, everyone benefits. But when you're doing something kind of just because you think you should, it drains your battery so quickly. And the difference here between the two is that manifesting generators often thrive when they have their energy to a lot of things at once. These people are kind of like multi-passionate by nature, not really meant to like be in a super linear path. So these are my clients that are like, I'm a coach, I have a podcast, like, you know, I'm a mom, I'm mm-hmm. an entrepreneur in this way. Like you're meant to do all the things. And like, that is your magic. Yes. And so giving yourself permission to do that. And also knowing that as a manifesting generator, like you might move very quickly and be really gifted at bringing things to life quickly, but in doing so, you can also skip a few steps along the way. So it's good to kind of surround yourself by people that can like support you in the step-by-step process. Um, and then generators are more about kind of mastery, like really going deep into something. And then when it's time, kind of moving on and exploring the next thing. And both manifesting generators and generators share a strategy. And the strategy is kind of how we're meant to cultivate opportunities for ourselves. And so your strategy is basically around magnetism. Like you're not really meant to chase after anything. Like life is meant to come to you and your work is to kind of keep your awareness open and see what shows up in your world. And as soon as you kind of get a gut response and excitement towards something, that's kind of the permission to go pursue it and make it happen. So how does that, how does the manifesting generator piece resonate with you? Oh yeah, totally. That's totally me to the T. With everything when it comes to the, boundaries when it comes to having so much energy that people sometimes can not realize and just want a lot. And it's definitely been a journey for me to, to learn, to say, okay, yes, I can do all of these, but I don't have to choose to because I've always been the one that has so much energy and I can build all these projects and push all these different things and also support others with the things. And yeah, definitely someone that has the podcast and the books and the coaching and the courses and the, all of the things and yeah. humanitarian projects and my spiritual path and like all of the things. Um, yeah, so it definitely resonates a lot. And um, I would love to hear more about the generators. And then also there's manifestors without the generation. I've never truly understood the difference between that. My partner is a manifestor. Yeah. So I'm curious to know manifestors without the generator aspect. What is that? Yeah. So I think in terms of generators, you know, they manifesting generators and generators are going to be the most alike because they're both kind of like the doers and the builders and the creators, you know? So I think it's really healthy for, and they're also meant to let things come to them. They share a strategy of waiting for gut response before they go after something. The big difference between the two of them is that manifesting generators often thrive with their energy and a lot of things at once. And generators are more about kind of like mastery and like doing like getting go deep into a process and then when it's time moving on um and also manifesting generators can like they can skip a few steps because they're just like you know moving their energy really quickly whereas generators often are really beautiful at kind of like mastering the process and going really deep into it so they can be so supportive of each other but again just like not trying to be like one another but they also are that kind of magnetic let me let things come to me and kind of see what inspires my gut response. Um, mm-hmm. Manifestors are really kind of the ones that are here to initiate. They're not necessarily here to do all the doing. Like they might not have that kind of consistent, sustained energy that you do, but they're really here to just like get something off the ground. And, you know, most important for manifestors is feeling a sense of freedom and autonomy and control. Like they're really not here to be told what to do or managed or guided in any way. They're very much here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. 
and they might feel like a little bit challenged if they're being like confined and like told what to do um, because they're just like, they're meant to be in their own creative flow, whether that's like romantically, like your partner or in business, like not being told what to do. Oh, yes. <laughs> do you sense that kind of need for freedom and autonomy in your partner? Yes, totally. That is something that shows up a lot between us. Um, it's something that at times I'm like, hey, I am not trying to control you. Yeah. <laughs> because there is like my my energy so much like get it done. Like you said, I'm the doer, the creator, and I'm just like, okay, I'm on a mission. And sometimes that if it ever comes across to him as your mission is getting in the way of my mission or your way of getting things done is telling me how I should get them done, it's trouble. 100%. Definitely. Yes. You know, and for him, it's just like knowing that he does it differently, you know, and, and feeling permission to do that. Um, and I think for you, it's like, yeah, being aware of like, you know what, I'm going to like make sure that he really has space to be in his own flow. And I'm also, if I'm speaking from your perspective, like I'm also not going to expect him to keep up with me. Like, I just know that he's really good at getting things off the ground. He's got these powerful, like spurts of energy, but he's like meant to honor the ebbs and flows of his energy and not be like consistently producing or doing all day long. Um, and also a really important strategy for manifestors is not only initiating, not only kind of making the first move, but also like keeping people informed. Like if he does not let people know what he's going to do before he does it, he might find that people get like really resistant, you know? And so it's really healthy for him to keep you and anyone that he works with, like just like informed, like that he's coming home later, that he's shifted direction with a project or that he's doing whatever it is, you know? And I think that most important for manifestors is to know that informing is not about explaining yourself or asking for permission. It's literally just kind of giving people a heads up before you do something. Do you feel like you mm-hmm. have that strong kind of communication of keeping each other informed in that dynamic? That is something definitely that we've been working on through the entire relationship. Yeah. 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 It's super interesting. And it's, it's good because we both know that that's just how we play and it's no problem. Um, but it's definitely been something interesting to watch how differently we communicate, how yeah. for me that makes just total sense. And for him, doesn't cross his mind. Yeah. He has had to learn to be like, oh, right. She's different than me. So she wants a heads up. She wants to be she wants to know and just be kept in the loop. hundred percent, you know? And I think yes. I will say that for manifestors, like the least natural thing in the world for them is informing. And so it's not a thing where you like that, that they might be able to do like very naturally. It's just like, it's a practice that's meant to make their life easier because again, manifestor energy is impactful. Like you are going to feel what he's doing either way. And so when he's just kind of giving you the heads up and communicating, it just kind of creates more ease and support in your dynamic. Yes. And then we've Love got, that. yeah. And then we've got projectors. So I know your friend is a projector. So projectors are really here to be kind of the leaders, the guides, the advisors, the teachers, not here to do all the doing. And so, so much of being a projector is trusting that your gift is not in how hard you work or how much you do, but rather like in your perspective and how you see the world. And so, you know, like if your projector or friend was trying to keep up with you, that probably would be challenging but kind of really trusting yes. that like they're really meant to honor the ebbs and flows of their energy, you know, leveraging the energy that's there, resting when it's not. Often projectors make emo- amazing coaches or therapists or managers or CEOs because they're so naturally sensitive and attuned to other people's energy and can offer so much insight or guidance based on like what they feel, you know? And so being in a position where they're able to kind of support and guide others is really powerful. Um, and the strategy for projectors is about waiting for a sense of recognition and invitation. Projectors bring a really unique and different energy to the table. And so it's just so important that they feel like so invited in and so recognized to kind of share who it is they are 
you know, whether it's as, you know, with clients or romantic partner or whoever they're living with, like making sure that they really feel that sense of invitation and recognition. And you can start to see like, you know, if a manifesting generator and a projector are working together, like going to be so important to honor how different they are. Do you sense Mm -hmm. that difference in your friend? Yes, for sure. Totally. And that's something that kept showing up a lot for us because she, she had this recurring moments here and there where she was like, I want to have this project on and I want to do this type of course and I want to do this thing. And why are you creating all these things? And I haven't. And as you would say to her, well, I'm doing all these things to creating the things I'm creating. Um, maybe that's just not that's just not what's meant to be birthed through you right now. But that comparison of you're so productive and you're putting so much energy into that. And I kept saying to her something similar to what you said. I, I kept saying to her, I feel like your biggest gift is the perspective that you have. You see the world in such a different way. Yeah. And you're so unique in the way in which you you look at things that that in itself is really disruptive and it's really refreshing. So it offers people a really great new perspective. You might not be the person that needs to be creating all the things. You might just attract a really great team and get people to do things for you. Well, for me, it's easier sometimes to just get things on. And of course I have a team and people that support me in my business, but I just remember having these conversations with her when I was like, I feel like whatever you're doing, it's not going to be done my way. That doesn't feel like it suits you at all. 100%. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You know, and it's such a powerful thing for you to recognize that in her. Because like, you know, as projectors, we need that recognition. So to have people around us recognize like you've got so much value in your perspective and the way that you see is like the best thing that you can do, you know? And so that's why it's so important to not only understand ourselves, but the people around us so we can really kind of support them and also honoring their design. And, you know, and that's why it's also so important in the context of entrepreneurship and leadership, just so we can really discover how to kind of build a business in a way that really is uniquely aligned for us. Yes, definitely. So then we've got reflectors. So reflectors are 1% of the population, so much more rare. Weirdos. Yeah. These are people that <laughs> in are the best in the way. best way. I, and like they're so, they're just, it's important for them to understand that they just operate differently. And in some ways, honestly, that's going to be true for all of us. But like they just, they've got also such a gift in their perspective. And they're kind of like our collective mirrors. Like these are people that are so sensitive to their physical environment. And they're basically kind of always taking in everything in their physical space and mirroring it back. And so you really get a good sense of how a team is doing, our community is doing just by how that reflector is showing up. So it is so important for a reflector to be like such a ruthless curator of who and where they're spending time because they're going to... Um, take it all in and like amplify whatever energy it is that they're around. And, you know, part of the gift of reflectors is in their fluidity. Like they're going to have periods where they feel like a generator, like a manifesting generator, like a projector, like a manifester. And so their work is to not try to be just one thing, but to honor kind of what feels authentic to them that day and that moment and in that environment. And in the context of business, we call reflectors evaluators just because like they have such a objective and different way of seeing things. So it's really important for them to kind of be in spaces where their perspective feels so recognized and invited in. Mm, I love that. And a question came up as you were sharing about the reflectors and also about the projectors. I know that one of the things that my friend um, brought up in conversation when we were talking about this and I was saying to her, you know, your gift is your perspective. And I remember she said to me, well, you have a great perspective too. And you also get loads of shit done. So then what is, so then it's like, of course, we all have different perspectives, but 
how can a projector or a reflector, let's say, understand the gift in maybe not being the doer or the initiator, um, but rather the one that holds that that mirror that that what you um, described for the projection, the projector and the reflector. Yeah, it's a great question because yeah, it, it's a good distinction because like it's not like you don't have a perspective. Like obviously, you've got actually a very powerful. You and I have very similar design up and at the top, but like you're here to bring like a really unique way of seeing the world to like to things. But I think what's unique about projectors and reflectors is not only kind of that perspective, but it's also like the, the sensitivity to other people's energy and a real mm. attunement to how other people can use their energy best. You know, and that's why projectors make such good coaches or managers or whatever, because they're just like really like they can ask the right questions to kind of help people connect to what's right for them. And like, you know, obviously yes. there are a lot of projectors and we're all going to have different gifts. And I think the question for the projector to ask themselves is like, where in their life do they feel the most re like authentically recognized and invited in? And like, I'm sure that with your projector friend, you can probably recognize in some ways what they do, that what the perspective is that they bring that is so unique. You know, can you sense yes. the kind of difference? Because again, it's not about, obviously you both have perspectives, but can you feel kind of that sensitivity that they have to energy? And oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's almost like a really deep interest in, yes. in getting to know person's emotions and getting to know person's stories. And yeah, it's just this deep interest of understanding people for it's, sure. Exactly. And it's just like, it's really, projectors have a really penetrating energy. Like they can penetrate into people and make them feel so seen and so recognized. It's such a gift, yes. you know? So I think it is, we're all going to bring different perspectives and different value to the world. But I think that it's useful for the projector to just start reflecting on like, what is the thing that I uniquely see that like really does create so much value? Mm, I love that. Awesome. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I know that you mentioned some of, of these as you were describing each type, but um, I would love to have a deeper look into the biggest keys to know about each one of the types regarding leadership and entrepreneurship. Yeah. So obviously, you know, there's going to be um, a lot of other layers of your design that will shed light on this. But I think that yes. I would say for manifesting generators, um, let's start with you. Like one of the most important things for manifesting generators to do is to know when to pivot. Like you probably are not going to be satisfied staying on the same route or the same path forever, you know? And so I think as an entrepreneur, you might be like, even say you're like a coach, you're just like, I love this thing. I'm so lit up by this thing. And like two months later, you're like, I'm bored. I want to move on to the next thing. So I think like giving yourself permission to keep moving and pivoting is going to be important. I will say that generally manifesting generators are really gifted at moving fast, but in doing so they can skip a few details along the way. So I think surrounding yourself by people that can like really handle kind of this step-by-step -step more mundane stuff so that you can kind of remain in your powerful creative flow in terms of bringing ideas to life very quickly. Um, And I would also just take inventory as often as you can to be like, what are the aspects of my business that feel like the most satisfying that are letting me have the most How can I make sure I'm doing more of those things? And what are the things that are the most draining, the most depleting? Can I let any of those things go? Um, how does that feel to you? How do you feel like you're doing on those three things? Yeah, totally. I feel like um, I'm a little bit borderline OCD when it comes yeah. to like the things in the business. So I learned to really be attention to detail a lot. Yeah. Um, but I definitely have a team that I outsource everything that doesn't feel exciting yeah. to me because otherwise I see my energy drains a lot. So for me, definitely resonate with what you said. I've been someone that 
I don't like to get stuck in doing a program, like a coaching program or a course, just because it's doing well, because it's bringing lots of revenue through the launches or whatever. If I don't feel excited about it, I can't go through it anymore. So I do a program and when I'm no longer super, super resonant with it, and there's something else that feels like wants to be generated, I guess, like birth through me, then I move on to the next thing. Because for me, it's super important to to be in integrity with my work. And I feel like I can't be in integrity with my work unless I feel super passionate and excited about what I'm doing all of the time. 100%. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's just knowing, again, that's that boundaries piece. It's just knowing that like when you're so lit up and so excited and so passionate, like that's the thing that's going to make you the most magnetic in your business and so available for aligned opportunities and also like is going to allow you to like power your team and give them energy, you know? And so it really is not a selfish thing. It benefits everyone. Um, and for, and also I think with, you know, I think it sounds like you do this naturally, but I think also as a manifesting generator, as an entrepreneur, like not making yourself feel guilty if you've like tried a thing and you don't want to do it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, just be like, okay, it didn't work on to the next thing. You know, it's just kind of embracing that mm-hmm. process as much as you can. Yeah. Um, for generators, you know, I would say that, you know, and again, other layers of your human design will speak to this, but I would also say that like, you know, you also have this amazing energy to like do and build and create. So I would really just stay really hyper aware of what aspects of the business and what you're working on feel the most satisfying and invest as much energy as you can in that thing, knowing it's going to give you even more energy to handle the rest of the things. And just noting what feels like the most draining and the most depleting and know that like, maybe you won't be able to hand it off immediately, but like noting what they are so that you can hand them off when it's time. Um, and also, you know, trusting that like the more lit up you are by what you're doing, the more magnetic you become. And also knowing that like, you know, you're meant to be lit up by like, not only what you're building and who you're hiring, but like how you market. And so you might like Mm -hmm. take a course and somebody's like, I loved, you know, Instagram or like whatever it is. Like I would really check in with your gut to be like, what actually feels exciting to me? Because like, I'm meant to do it in a way that uniquely lights me up. And that might look really different for me than it does for others. Yes. You know, I think for projectors, you know, knowing that you're not here to do all the doing, I think that it's really useful. Like I have always had a generator or manifesting generator business partner. I know that like is that's not a necessity, but I would like knowing that you're not here to do all the doing, is there support that you can bring on that kind of give you energy or things that you can hand off? And again, kind of really dialing in, like what is the thing that I do really well? Like, I think that I was like, so like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want all all this business stuff. But like, Mm -hmm. in reality, like what I'm good at is human design. And I love it. I love studying. I love like mastering it. But like having a partner that really is more strategic on the business front and the operations front is really helpful for me because it kind of allows Mm -hmm. me to just like do the thing that I know how to do and that I love doing. And so I think that just giving yourself permission to like dial into as a projector what that thing is for you and handing the rest off. You know, and also knowing that because recognition is so important, making sure that you feel so recognized and so appreciated and so invited in by anyone or any client that you work with and that you feel so valued, that does require in some way that you kind of recognize yourself first. And I would also say, even if you're the only one doing it at the beginning, I would just like make sure you take rest when you can and really honor kind of those natural ebbs and flows of your energy. Mm-hmm. And then for manifestors, you know, I would say manifestors are often very naturally entrepreneurial just because it allows them to like, chart their own path very easily. I would say that know that as a manifester, 
your gift is often in the initiating and not always in the doing. So like giving yourself permission to hand things off when it's time, you might be like, get something off the ground and it's amazing. And then be like, I'm going to hand it off and move on to the next thing, you know? So really allowing that would be important. Um, And also keeping people informed, like we talked about. Um, And also like as a manifestor, like you're an energy being, you've got very powerful energy, but your energy is going to like operate in bursts. And so I think as much as you can starting to play with that of like, yeah, again, when I'm like feeling inspired and have an urge, I'm just going to go for it. But then I want to like give myself time to rest and recharge because like it is in that period of rest and recharge that like the next inspiration and kind of next moment will come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for reflectors, you know, as entrepreneurs, like I guess my biggest piece of advice for you is surround yourself by environments and people that feel really good because you're going to magnify that energy. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to work with them, work with them, but like perhaps going to like a co-working space, obviously this is like pre slash post COVID, but like going to a co-working space that you like the good old days. Yeah. The good old days, you know, and hopefully our future too, but like spaces that feel good are going to give you so much energy. So really kind of planting your spaces and planting your energy in spaces that feel good and allowing that to kind of align you with your most natural flow. Um, and I would also say not expecting consistency from yourself as a reflector. Like you might have periods of the month where you're like, I feel like a manifesting generator. I am on fire. I can do so much. And then the next week you're like, I'm done, you know? And so I think it's actually most sustainable for you to honor that and not, um, not force yourself to like be more consistent or show up in a really like, I'm going to do this every day. It's like, I'm going to trust my energy and trust that they're going to be, you know, different cycles throughout the month where I can do certain things. Yes. I love that. And the question that comes up with that, I guess, for someone that uh, maybe listening to this as a reflector, they might be asking, okay, but how can I, before I bring in enough money to have a team in my business, before I have the resources to outsource so many of the different parts of my business, how can I best utilize this so that I can still show up in my entrepreneurial journey, even if my energy isn't consistent and the work that I can do maybe fluctuates? So the question is how they do that, how they give themselves permission to how they give themselves permission to it, yes. And also, how would that work? I guess we're so used to yeah. a world in entrepreneurship where we see basically lots of manifesting generators and generators, <laughs> totally. manifestors. So for our reflectors, like, well, if I'm not consistent, how can I actually make things happen? Mm-hmm. Totally. I think that, like, you know, in some ways it requires a whole lot of trust because I think that, like, it is. I think it's a level of trusting that like when you do that, you're going to probably be at your best self and be able to accomplish so much more, you know? And I think that like, I know that as a projector, obviously very different type than a reflector, but like when I tried to be like a generator and do things in that way, like I just wasn't very good at it because like, that's not what I'm here to do, you know? And so like, I think that experience is probably going to give people that answer of just like playing with it. I'm like, because my guess that they do that, they're going to do so much more in those periods where they're on fire and like so much new insight will come in those periods where they're kind of like resting and recharging. So I think that there's yeah. just like a level of trust and permission that like, we're going to just be better at being ourselves than we are at being other people. And like, it is mm-hmm. often, I think we often get the most tripped up when we just try to be things that we're not. And whether you're a manifesting generator or a generator or a reflector, like we're just often trying to be the thing that we're not. And so I think that might, <laughs> yes. in all the ways, you know, like for you, it might be like, I've got to choose one thing and have like a super linear career path. And for me, it might be like, I've got to be a doer. And so my feeling is that like, if they experiment with it and honor it, they're probably going to really, it's probably going to manifest in ways I couldn't even have imagined. 
Yes. I love that. And another question that came up when you were sharing about the projector, and I love that you're a projector because I imagine you have even more experience with this. Um, When you say that projectors need that recognition and feeling recognized and appreciated, the first question that comes to my mind, just because I work with people as a coach and I see this shadow aspect to a lot of people in entrepreneurship and in service-based companies or businesses like such as coaching and healing and all of these things where the unintegrated shadow aspects of ourselves can be seeking for that validation and that attention and that um, recognition. And that can get in our way of being in clean leadership. So how is that different? Because I imagine there's a difference there between coming from that wounded ego space where we just want to feel recognized and, and seen and validated and having the recognition and appreciation that you say projectors need. Yeah. So it's a great question. I think that like one of the shadows for us as projectors is like, because recognition is so important for us, sometimes we will seek it out. Like, like in a kind of pushy way, like, oh my God, I so badly want to feel recognized, but then that energy feels yeah. pushy to other people. And then we just like mm-hmm. never get the recognition that we want, which is why our strategy is an invitation because it's like being invited in to share. So I would check in with yourself to see kind of where you're overgiven. I think, you know, while we are here to be recognized as projectors, it requires that we first recognize ourselves, that we first kind of like stand tall in our own worth and who we are and what we have to give. And then just let the people know that we exist and let them come to us. And so I think that if you're not first recognizing yourself and you're not really kind of standing really tall in your worth there, that it's probably not going to lead to the recognition that you desire. So I would start with that. I think often, because I think that that when it, when it's rooted in our own valuing of ourselves, then like it often is so much more fruitful. Like I'll have projectors that are like, I'm not getting invited in. I'm not feeling recognized. And you know, I'll ask them like, do you feel like you know what you want to be recognized for? And often they don't. And it's not that we like are always going to have all the clarity, but I would just make sure that like you notice when you really kind of like are valuing yourself and coming from that place versus like, I just want to be seen. And so I'm going to just like keep putting myself out there in a way that just like, again, our energy is intense as projectors. So if people don't want to be seen or not inviting you in, it might just be like too much. You know, I've definitely learned that lesson many times. And so I think that it's just like, I can recognize myself. I can, I can put myself out there in a bigger way and just let the right people respond to me. But if I try to like push myself too much on kind of one person or one thing, it's probably not going to ever lead to the recognition that I know that I deserve. Yes. Love that. Amazing. And one thing that you mentioned at the beginning, when we were talking about just the general traits of each different type, and we went into the different ways in which manifestor generators and manifestors can maybe go into dynamics within relationships, obviously because of my my type and my partner's type. I find that that's something really interesting, the fact that different types will have different characteristic traits also in partnership dynamics, in yeah. relationship dynamics. And even though we're diving into leadership and entrepreneurship, I know for myself that when something in the relationship is off, everything else becomes more of a challenge. Um, So it's definitely something that also impacts our leadership, but not just that, but the way in which we show up in the relationship 
tells us a lot about the work that we need to do outside of the relationship because everything transpires and everything is related, right? Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear um, a little bit more about maybe some characteristic traits, just like you said, manifesting, uh, manifestors don't find it natural to inform others and they may need to remind themselves that informing is not explaining themselves or asking for permission. Is there any other really characteristic keys that we can know about each type when it comes to relationships that could help us understand our partners better? Yeah, I think that, so with manifesting generators, I think being partnered with them, I would just trust that like when you are encouraging them to kind of pursue their desires and do what excites them, even if it's like unrelated to what you do, like it's going to benefit you so much. You know, and like when you're lit up by what you're doing, like your partner's going to benefit in all the ways, you know? And so I think with a manifesting generator partner, like encourage them to pursue their desires. Like I would encourage you to ask your manifesting generator partners like very specific yes, no questions to help them connect to their gut. Like you've got such a strong gut response. So like it's helpful for your partner to ask you like, do you want to do this or this? Like kind of giving you options, giving you things to respond to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also say like give yourself, give your manifesting generator partners to like move on from something. You might be like, you know what? I really want to do this thing. And then like the next week you're like, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, and like not making them wrong for that. It's just like, they're not in the mood anymore. They no longer have the energy that's perfect. So I think that like that, that often the encouragement of them pursuing their desires, asking those specific questions and giving them permission to pivot can be useful. How do those feel to you? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. resonates. And then I think with a generator partner, you know, also asking those specific questions instead of being like, where do you want to go for dinner? Asking like, do you want to go here or here? I think also knowing that like when they're lit up by what they're working on, it's going to bring so much more positive energy into your relationship. And so really kind of encouraging them to really pursue what they feel excited about and what they really desire. And also like not asking them to do too much. You know, like with my generator partner, it's like, I can like sometimes be like, oh, can you just like handle so much? You know, and I think just really knowing that like, you know what? No, like Mm -hmm. if he's lit up by it, it's gonna be great for him. If he's not, like it's not. So how can I just like not push his boundaries in that way and encourage him to really like trust that when he's excited, everyone benefits. Um, I would say with projector partners, like I would definitely make sure you give them plenty of space to just like be in their own energy. Like they need plenty of time to kind of disconnect from other people and just like rest. I would also make sure that you kind of make your projector partners feel like so recognized and so appreciated and so invited in. Um, That's going to be really powerful for them. So like actively facilitating opportunities for them to share themselves with the world, like inviting them in, asking them super open-ended questions, not expecting them to keep up. Um, I think with manifest, is this what you wanted me to answer? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, cool. And then I think, with, awesome. I think with manifestor partners, so for you, it's like, again, supporting him and being in his own flow and like not interfering with it. Um, you know, knowing that like solitude and independence is probably going to be really important and that there can be that like, sense of needing to, uh, of resisting control. So just kind of like making it clear that he can like really do his own thing. I would also make sure that you give manifestors plenty of space. Like, you know, I think that even though you guys have some similarities because you've got like some manifestor quality to you, I think that your energy is going to operate so differently, you know? Um, I also do, let me actually share one piece after I share about reflector. And I think for the reflector piece, like I would really honor how sensitive they are to their space. So really taking it seriously. Like if a restaurant doesn't feel good or a hotel or like the city doesn't feel good, honoring that, you know, it's like, okay, let's move. Let's move on to a different place. And, you know, offering your reflector partner consistency, but not expecting it from them. You know, like I said, they might show up really differently week by week and that's so natural for them. So if the partner's like, 
why aren't you the thing that you were last week? Like, that's not going to probably be very supportive. Like the magic of reflectors is in their fluidity. And I think, again, always inviting reflectors in to share their perspective. And the one thing that I was about to share is that I think in the context of romantic mm-hmm. partnership, um, the recommendation in human design, especially for manifestors, reflectors, and projectors, although I kind of believe it's true for everyone, is to sleep in your own space. And like, and because it's a powerful way to kind of just like release all the energy that's not yours. And so I know that's like a very stigmatized idea, but it's just like a cool one to try on. Like, how does it feel sleeping next to your partner versus like, you know, sleeping in your own bed or waking up later or going to bed earlier, like having some kind of alone time in your bed as a way to kind of just like connect to yourself. Because I think that we really impact and are impacted by other people's energy. And so um, having that space and time alone is so healthy. Love that. So that's for projectors, manifestors, and reflectors? It is, but I kind of believe it's true for everyone. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely. Well, it's interesting. My my manifestor partner, um, we have this thing where he will go away camping on his own uh, between like for about four days each month. And he goes away and has his own time completely alone, no phone, disconnected from everything, just playing music making a fire and just having his own time. And I find that that helps a lot because I can definitely feel his energy going into freak out mode or almost like pushing me away Yeah, when he feels like it's just too much, even if we're just in the same space. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has supported a lot. And I am also someone that, that enjoys having a lot of me time. However, I feel like I can handle handle a lot more things at the same time where I feel like with my friends, projector and my partner, manifestor, I definitely see that needing plenty of space in order to be able to find their own voice and to find their own inner guidance. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, and again, you've got so much powerful energy and like it can have such a powerful impact on the people around you, but also like sometimes it can be so powerful that they might disconnect from like their own sense of quiet and connection, you know? Mm -hmm. And so pulling away is actually so healthy for them to kind of just like reconnect to like, oh my God, this is like, this is mine. This is what I feel inspired by. So just kind of knowing when to pull away and when to be together for sure. Yes. Amazing. Well, this is, I feel like this is something so powerful and really getting to know more about our design and how it plays out in so many different ways. So yeah. What would be your recommendation for someone wanting to dive more into this work? Um, I know that you say that the general surface information and, yeah. the, and the surface information is already big enough, but I know that you also work with people, yeah. getting them to understand deeply yeah. how to work with the human design. So how can people find you and work with you in these ways? So um, I'm Erin Claire Jones everywhere. So you can find me on Instagram, um, at Erin Claire Jones. And then also my website's erinclairejones.com. So yes, I think the like basic stuff is really useful. Obviously it's really amazing to go deep. You know, one of the, my offerings that I recommend is something called a blueprint, which is basically just like a 30 page mm-hmm. PDF on your unique design. So that's really kind of meant to make the information really accessible and just like give you all the tools about your design. It goes far beyond type strategy and authority and is meant to kind of just be a resource that you can return to, especially like in moments of resistance or challenge. Um, so, and we can do a discount for your audience if you would like, um, if they yes, want to get their love that. blueprint and that's a beautiful place to start. And then also I do private sessions, partnership sessions, team sessions as ways to kind of dive deeper and talk through it all. But, um, but the blueprint is great to start. Amazing. Okay. I'm going to leave that 
um, link and the discount code in the show notes for those of you listening. Um, Yeah, super excited to share that. Awesome. Amazing. And um, the last question that I wanted to ask you is, in your opinion, what makes a leader sacred? I think that to me, what makes a leader sacred is just like if somebody, and obviously I'm biased because of human design, but if someone is just like leading as themselves, you know, I think that we are all wired to lead so differently. And I think that when we really kind of step into our most authentic way of leadership, we can be so much more successful, both for ourselves, but like for everyone that we're leading. And so I think to me, there's something very sacred about kind of embodying the way that you're meant to do it and knowing that it's like so unique to you and trusting that. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Erin, for everything that you've shared today. Yeah, I feel like course. this was such a juicy, potent yeah. conversation and I was taking notes. I think <laughs> this is one of the few episodes where I was actually on mute taking notes and oh I was like, okay, God. this is awesome. Oh <laughs> so, my God, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you so much yes. for having me. Thanks so much for reaching out. Yes. Thank you so much for the work that you do and for being one of the inspiring top leaders here sharing at Sacred Leaders. Of course. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something valuable that you can apply to your own life. If you want more of this content, be sure to subscribe so that you get notified when new episodes are released. And find me on Instagram at Secretasius for more free transformational and inspirational content. If you want to dive deeper, then head to my website, secretasius.com slash inner alignment and download my free inner alignment starter kit to help you redefine productivity and activate your superpowers as a female entrepreneur. I leave the link in the show notes and I will connect with you in the next episode. Lots of love.